Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Reaction, and for that matter, outrage, uh, continues to pour in uh, over Hamilton City Council's vote the other day uh, to not offer free menstrual products in certain city facilities. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, just flabbergasted as so many other people are about some of the comments made by some of the counselors in a situation like this. Uh, joining us to talk about this is uh, Laura Babcock, uh, from uh, president, of course, of Power Group. Laura, thank you so much for the time on a busy day. I'm glad you could join us today. That's my pleasure, Bill. Look, and, you, yep. you've got, you, here, the state of Alabama has just outlawed abortion. Uh, you've got the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, who's now talking about overturning Roe v. Wade, and you've got city council doing this. Uh, welcome to the 19th century, Laura. Yeah, it certainly feels that way, and the outrage continues because the comments by councillors still continue. Councillor Whitehead tweeted me something in a conversation that I was in on Twitter about this, which made more people angry. <laughs> you know, they, they can't seem to get their head around why people are upset about this issue. And when you put it in that broader context of what the Alabama state legislature passed last night, uh, and as you mentioned, some of the other things going on around abortion and women's rights and women's reproductive health, I think it adds even more fuel to the fire for people. We just don't want to see women's rights reverting. But also, in this case, Bill, I think a lot of people hear it and say, well, why would the city need to pay for tampons and pads? We already pay for so many things. We, we're burdened heavily with our tax bill. We've got, as we know, a class action lawsuit on the Red Hill coming at the city and all kinds of other costs. So people, some people are reacting and saying, you know, why did we pay for this? I personally have learned a lot in the last 48 hours on this issue because of just why it is so important to not only women's health, women's equity, but also to so many of our vulnerable populations. They really need the support. It's the second most requested thing at food banks. I had no idea, Bill, I've always been privileged to not look at those monthly products as something that I had to choose whether I could buy or not. But there are people in this city far too many who have to make that choice. And if they choose other substandard things, they can really damage their health and get infections. So this is about equity. It's about public health. Uh, we don't all carry around toilet paper in our you know, purses or pockets or briefcases. So I think it's, it's fair and it's right. And other, other jurisdictions have made this move, and I think we should follow. We just uh, were involved with a program. Uh, we, we, call, we call it March Padness, uh, you know, to take off on March Madness, uh, a couple of months ago, obviously. And it had to do with this very thing about feminine hygiene products. And we partnered with FoodShare because, as you mentioned, that is one of the most common requests, of course, from people that have to go to food banks and things of this nature. And they don't usually stock that sort of stuff. So we asked our listeners, and, and by the way, they responded beautifully, as they always do here in Hamilton, uh, to, to make some donations. And we sent that off to FoodShare, and we did this. Uh, apparently, nobody at City Council was paying attention to it any of this stuff. I mean, uh, how, how can they be so blind and, and, and so ignorant on a, on, a, on a topic like this? Well, and that's part of the problem, right? It's not just that some of them didn't know the impact on women's health and on especially people living in poverty or people living in precarious employment or, or in all kinds of other vulnerable situations in our city. As I said off the top, I didn't understand that either. I've been educated by Maureen Wilson, Councillor Wilson, bringing this forward in the outrage and discussion that's ensued. Um, so I think some of them wouldn't have any direct experience and so they might not have understood the public health implication. But where this became a big deal in terms of even having Vice News once again uh, at City Hall doing another story on, on on City Council here is because of the, the way they framed the discussion. Uh, you know, it wasn't just ignorance of the issue and the implications on women's health. It was also about 
you know, the, the looking to be privileged and not understanding other people's uh, positions. But I think the comments that really inflamed this bill were when Esther Paul said she didn't feel comfortable talking about the subject in public. And for so many people, uh, that made her appear to be uh, completely out of touch. Some people feel that a city councillor, if it's a public health issue, you know, you, you, it's your job to do that. Even if you're not comfortable, you got to talk about tough stuff. That's the but committee, then, Laura. This was the public health committee. I mean, that's their right. job. This is and and, and here, we, we, just a little in the show, we're going to talk about how the public health department is probably going to get evaporated now because of this provincial ruling. This is the responsibility of those city councillors to provide these sorts of services to the community. Absolutely, and so she has to be able to talk about it. So when she said that, it further stigmatized the issue. It further made people feel alienated from their city leadership. But then there was another comment that Esther made about how, you know, women don't need this because women are prepared. And so I took a photo when I was at the Hamilton Club yesterday, obviously a club for people who have the money to pay for it. It's a privilege to be a member there. There's no doubt about it. But I took a picture and posted it of the free tampons and pads they have there. So not only can club members pay for their own, but it suggests to me the fact that it's there and it's at other good establishments around town, too, that we're not always prepared. We don't always know. It doesn't work like that. It's not like clockwork, you know. And so just this idea that you can't talk about it, that women should be able to afford it and that, you know what, uh, we're prepared. So we don't need that. It's just it's just not accurate or factual. One third of all Canadians said in a survey they miss events and work and school because of their periods. 70% plus said that the the expense of it is is uh, difficult for them. I mean, so council was just ill-informed and made some comments that just seem like you said, 19th century and out of touch. And, and they need to be accountable for how they have had this discussion. A uh, report uh, that was issued, uh, well, last year, 2018, by uh, Plan International Canada, uh, says that one-third of women under the age of 25 say they struggle to afford menstrual products. Uh, times are tough for an awful lot of people. And this is not just people that are below the poverty line. It can be a problem. And uh, it's it's a basic human need, for heaven's sakes. Why are we being so stupid about this and, and having a debate about this? What are they going to do next day? We're not going to supply toilet paper? Well, this is the thing. And, you know, half the population needs these things for their dignity and for their men- for their health. Uh, and we know, especially with the cuts coming down to health services, one of the most important things you can do to cut the cost of health care is preventative care, right? And so the idea that having access to the proper products can prevent women from having issues with their uh, reproductive health. I mean, it's just, it is a no-brainer on so many levels. And, you know, the province of Alberta, or uh, BC, I believe, has gone ahead with having it in all their public places. You've got, I think, Halifax is looking at it, London. I mean, we're, we're not doing something in Hamilton or discussing something in Hamilton just because people are, you know, uh, activists for people living in poverty. It's not what this is about. This is just awareness around the key role providing these products does for for people in our community who need access to them. And so so from that point of view, the cost is minimal. It's a no-brainer. Um, it was the, the way that council didn't seem to get the discussion. And even Terry Whitehead's tweet to me talked about, well, he, you know, his daughter and her friends must have been it must have been fortunate. But yeah, that's the point. Clearly they were, you know. Uh, and so understand that as a counselor, look at the data, listen to the expert recommendations, have compassion for people who don't have the same fortune as you clearly do, uh, and give people what they need to be equitable and safe and healthy.
And listen, as, as bad as some of the comments from counselors were, and, and there were some outrageous comments that were made, and obviously some uninformed comments, but you know what? Bad on city staff, too, because they did a report on this. Uh, and and it's, it's all about costing, which is, by the way, some of the things that counselors tried to hang their hat on when they turned this thing down. Uh, and they suggested that uh, it would cost initially about $46,000, but then they say, well, it would cost $11.2 million for all females in Hamilton between 12 and 49. Nobody is asking every you know to everybody to be supplied. This is for people that need it. I mean, that, what a ridiculous statistic to come out, and a number of counselors cited that number and said, well, we just can't afford to do that. It's never going to cost that much. New York City has put this program in place. This is a lot bigger city than Hamilton, and their total cost was only $3 million over a long period of time. So where the hell did they get that number from? That's really, really unfortunate. And, and, uh, and you, can, you can defeat any discussion if you are willing to go to the extreme ends of the argument, right? I mean, you can say that about anything. You can take anything to its outer extremes and say, look how extremely scary that is. But that is not reasonable, rational, good public policymaking. And so for the staff who, who threw that bomb into the mix, I, I would love for them to kind of question why and, and where its accuracy even applies. But even if, let's say, staff just said, oh, we better give them everything, we better give them the extremes, uh, for the counselors to pick it up and to run with that just shows how they didn't really have a handle on the issue because it's ridiculous. And, and I want to give you know, Sam Marola credit for trying to get at least a motion forward that seems a lot more reasonable, talking about this is about equity, this is about health, uh, let's, let's actually get some real facts and stats and let's see if we can get this pilot going. So I'm glad to see that council hasn't just left it in this embarrassing logjam of a discussion and they're, they're trying, at least some of them are, to move this thing forward. Well, and uh, Council Marul, of course, was not at that meeting. For, uh, he, was, he was not able to attend, so he's obviously coming late to the party on this, but he's kind of, at least he's bringing some, some common sense to this whole discussion, uh, which seemed to be lacking around the table that morning. Well, and you know what, Esther Pauls is a, you and I both know her, most people probably do. She's a lovely woman and she speaks from the heart. She's not a politician. Uh, and she does have a different experience. She is a different generation and she, you know, they kept those conversations private and, and her experience is what it is. But when she said things like, you know, we're not, thank God we're not in a third world country, that is, it's got nothing to do with the issue or to do with the, the facts. It says, as you said, one in third Canadians struggle to pay for these products. So, I guess the the challenge is for her going forward is to realize that as a counselor, uh, there are difficult subjects that might be outside of your scope of direct experience, but that's where you need to listen and learn. And she has, on the Red Hill Parkway uh, lawsuit, she told me directly that she would have an open mind and listen and learn. And she she and she made the decision to proceed with that. So I know she's capable of that. Uh, and I think going forward, a lesson for her is to to just think a little bit more because words have uh, words have weight. And a lot of women felt as though they were, um, you know, sort of pushed back or pushed down or or maligned by those comments. And I don't think she intended any of that. But that's certainly how it came across to some. You know, there's a, sometimes you just have to step back from where you are. And, and, and there's some good people on council. I'm not trying to, you know, throw everybody under the bus here. 
But you got to remember sometimes when you're sitting around that table, especially people that have been on council for a long time, that not everybody in the city makes $100,000 like they do. Uh, and maybe you know, get out of your office once in a while and go walk around the streets in downtown Hamilton, in the north end on Concession Street, uh, over in the east end uh, in some of those uh, housing projects, and get a sense for what people are challenged with each and every day. And maybe you get a better understanding about a request like this if you do that sort of thing. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'm the first to acknowledge, Bill, that I live in a very, you know, uh, nice little bubble. And um, and so, you know, I need education on this too, but I'm not a city councillor. I mean, that's that's basic that they should understand their populations and all the issues that affect them. And Tom Jackson left me a voicemail, which, uh, because of the way that he kind of formally phrased it as a response to my formal voicemail to him on the issue as my counselor, I posted it for people to see and to consider because he asked for it to be heard and considered. And some people just saw that voicemail and said, what? Like, it, it seemed galling to them because it seemed disconnected, you know, and he voted for this. And it's not as though he doesn't, he's not trying to understand the issue, but it's, to your point, the perspective sometimes that they communicate from just doesn't seem to line up with the experience of so many people in Hamilton. And, you know, as the longest serving counselor, you would have hoped after all these years, he would be more aware of that, more aware of how important tone is and words are. So, you know, it's uh, it's been, I think, a, a lesson for a number of these counselors that an issue that shouldn't be that big of a deal, that has a lot of evidence to consider, can blow up in their face if, if they just don't realize the role and the importance of their power. They have power. And when you have power, as I tell many of my clients, where, you know, CEOs and politicians and whatever, uh, when you have power, there's a higher there's a higher level of scrutiny on your language. There's a higher impact to what that language does and means to people. You have to be very, very careful with it. Not politically correct, but careful and considerate with how you communicate. You've done this. I've done this. Uh, I don't know how many people around the council table did this. Research. It, it's, it's, a, it's a small word, but it means an awful lot. Before you vote on something, before you spend time speaking about something, know what you're talking about. I mean, it didn't take long for me to gather a number of statistics about what's going on in New York, and as, as you have as well, and we both did this independently. I'm surprised that more counselors didn't do this and find out exactly where this is happening, because many other communities, as we've talked about, are already doing this, and it's not costly. And it is, a, a, it's, it's really a basic human right. And I can't understand why they would not have any, any knowledge about this sort of thing before they actually decided to vote on this. And, and you, let's put this in perspective. As you mentioned, the proposal from Councillor Wilson, a pilot project. It wasn't to commit for this for the next 100 years. Let's do this in certain par- areas, see how it works, see how effective it is. What's the downside? Well, I think you've hit on a key point there. Uh, Hamilton Council has done a lot of bloviating for a long time. Uh, they've they've talked about a lot of ridiculous things. I mean, I, I we've covered them as you know for twenty years, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kim fourteen, and you've done it, and everybody else. Uh, and so part of that comes from the fact that they're they're too eager to opine and be heard, and to almost extemporaneously or through his consciousness respond to things without doing the research. And and as you know, Bill, I do multiple shows a day, often on topics that. I just hear about 10 minutes before, but what I do quickly, and they, they should do this, right? Look at the staff stuff, but just simply go to Twitter, go in the search, look up all the articles on it, get a quick, get a quick at least sketch of the issue so you can at least reference and look up more later or at least challenge your own bias. Uh, be curious, right? I mean, it's not that difficult in 2019 to have access to really good information really, really quickly. And they need to start doing that because 
there's now social media and obviously a lot of other media looking at Hamilton Council these days because of everything going on with the city, good and bad, uh, there's a higher level of scrutiny and, and words are going to be carried and videos are going to be passed around and they have to realize that we're paying them to be professional. Check the latest data on whatever you're about to open your mouth about and realize that as a leader, your words can hurt people. They can make people feel distant and disenfranchised. And, and that that's damaging. Uh, you know, be a little more cautious and a little bit more professional. Hamilton Council, please. Exactly. I, and listen, because of Sam Rula's thing, maybe they're going to do a redo on this, but uh, I'd prefer that they got it right the first time. Laura, thanks as always. Always a pleasure having you on the program. My pleasure. Laura Babcock, uh, president of Power Group. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.